Hello. Welcome to episode 54 of Our Weird Life. My name's Jodie. And my name's Jack. How are you, Jack? I'm doing good. I'm, uh, I must have lost half my body weight in sweat, I think, this oh past week. Oh my goodness. Ooh, it's hot in Japan. <laughs> we had quite the day yesterday. I think between us, we were probably the closest we've both been to passing out at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. What a stupid day to decide to go to the lake. <laughs> we didn't know it was going to be like 37 degrees. No. There's like a little man-made lake kind of beach. No, there's a lake, but there's like a beach. And we thought, yeah, let's go there today. It's going to be sunny. 38 degrees Celsius. <laughs> I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but... Very hot is what yeah. it is in Fahrenheit. And it's so humid. Yeah. Um, and we drove about an hour. We stopped for a drink. And when we got back in the car, we were like, no, no. <laughs> I can't do this. We had something to eat and we had like, they have these like sports, they're not sports drinks, but they're like, um, like replenish your salt drinks. Here. I think you say soul, they replace, <laughs> they do kind of replace <laughs> your soul, I suppose. Soul. Um, we had them, those as well and nothing was working. And um, I know I think we were very close to heat strike. So yeah. we were like, let's just go home. Um, yeah. But the good thing is I got to see finally the station master cat. You did, finally. It's been how many years? Three? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have, because we pass this cat quite a lot, but I have seen it like outside hmm. um if you don't know there's a station a train station in japan that has a cat as the station master he's got a little hat that must be the only place in the world where they've got an animal as the station master i mean i'm gonna say no especially living here there's they probably have other stations with other animals do you reckon there's some obscure little town in the uk some kind of backwater place and it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> They've got a hedgehog as the A hedgehog, yeah, or a uh, No, not in parrot. the UK. Absolutely. Maybe a parrot. That's, that would be more likely. Chanel! Chanel! <laughs> 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 oh, God. Anyway. Um, yeah, we went into this little uh, station. It was very cute, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite sweet. They had a lot of uh, cat paraphernalia. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend, though. Wouldn't recommend. I think like if, if you, you live in the area, yeah, or you're like going past it, yeah, like to get to somewhere else. Don't make a special a special trip. No, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. And it's, <laughs> it's a tiny, so tiny little well. station. Yeah, and all they have is um, well, they have some little goodies. They have like, oh my god, I really wanted this, but I don't know, I, I couldn't, could I, Jack? I wasn't allowed. But they had like these little plushies. They were they were cute, but like. <sighs> I don't know what it is with these little souvenir places. They obviously get people going there all the time because the people get off the train to actually go to this specific part of the station to look at stuff. Yeah. Why is it so expensive? Like, I don't know. It, do you know what I mean? It's just it's just like a little... Yeah. I don't want to say pokey because that's kind of offensive, but I can't think of a better word. Like, it's just this small little I guess, place yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Why is it so pricey? Mm. You know. I guess they make they make more money than the other little train stations because mm. they have a cat as a station master. But they have other cats too. So they have like Peach and Sakura and Love, I think his name was. And I think Bus actually, Jack, I think the fourth cat, Bus, I think it passed away. Was that the one which had the, um, the, the grave marker? 
I think that was that one, yeah. Uh-huh. Because on my sticker, I got I bought some stickers. It says Memorial on it. Oh, I see. So I think that one passed away. I was a little confused because I was under the impression there was only one station master, but there were several cats that were posted on I the front window. they have different jobs. Do you reckon they work in shifts? Yeah, because we just saw one. Hmm. He, he, he was looked asleep. knackered, I'm going to be honest. Asleep. His eyes were... Te- <laughs> his eyes were telling me... <laughs> Son, it is hot in here. <laughs> is he American now? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Southern. He's imported. Um, no, it was very cute, though. And I, I wanted one of the little plush. They had these the three keychains of the cats, mm. and I, I wanted them. It was very cute. But You were very reserved. What did you get? I got some stickers. That was it. Sticker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got an ice cream as well. We got a coffee flavor yeah, ice, cream. An ice cream. That was pretty good. And they I was, gave us um, a little mask case that had the cats on it as well. What else was there? Oh, I was going to buy an apple juice because I don't know what it is about the apple juice around here, but it tastes... Amazing, yeah. Juice of the gods. It's so <laughs> nice. And um, But even that, that was like like four quid. Yeah, it's probably four a bit quid, more than that, it? yeah. It had, it had a cat sticker on it as well, though. Hmm. I should think it did. <laughs> <laughs> not, I want, for, not for... I want, I want a dancing cat to pop out the bottle. It just had a stick, like the merchandise sticker on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was fun, and I, I've always wanted to do that, but I didn't have. We didn't like we were always doing something or going somewhere or get back late. But today we like we were home by lunchtime because yeah. it was just too hot. That's very true. The um, um, I was just about to say something to you. It completely gone out of my brain. Was it about dancing cats? It wasn't about dancing cats. Was it about the heat? Was it about the spider infestation that we have in our kitchen? Oh uh, yeah, I may have made a mistake with that. <laughs> So, during our wedding, the some of the most like prominent flowers that we had were hydrangeas, and Japan has loads of them, especially this area. The hydrangeas are everywhere, They're beautiful. Which, which was very nice to find out when we moved here. Um, and so it was our anniversary the other week. A three-year anniversary. I drove past them on the road. I thought I should take my love some flowers because mm. I do this every year. By the way, I, I pick some of the hydrangeas. So I, I beat Jodie to it this time. Yeah. I got out of the car like a highwayman, ripped him off the road. <laughs> Carried on going. <laughs> I, wish that, I wish someone could have, like, seen me do it. Oh, my God. I was, look, I seen I was you looking do around like... If I'd have seen you do that, I'd have, I'd have just died laughing. <laughs> anyway, I grabbed some blue hydrangeas and uh, brought them back to Jodie, and she was very happy. However, a week later, these little... Tiny green spiders mm-hmm. were just all over the um, like the microwave oven that we've got. Yeah, on the one side, <laughs> I only had just thrown away the hydrangeas because they're gone a bit manky. And it was just under the bin. Yeah, and then we saw some on the table. They're on the rice cooker, mm-hmm. and then they were all over the side of the table where the plants had been. Started making webs. Yeah, <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> So that was my fault. Yeah, but I remember, like, as I picked them up, I felt like spider webs on my hands as I picked it up. But I thought, because usually my hair like falls out and it feels like a spider web, and I'm always like, oh, but it's my hair. <laughs> yeah. But this time it actually was a spider web. I was going to say to you actually, um, you reminded me yesterday that it was exactly a year since I came to Japan. No, it's three years. That's, <laughs> I said that last time. Exactly three years since yeah. I came to Japan. And yeah. then you followed a few weeks a later. A few weeks later. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of catch up with you about that, really. How, did, how do you feel about that? About that, Japan. 
Well, just just the idea that we've been here for three years, you know, like that's no small amount of our life. No. Um, how do you feel different? Oh, I feel I feel very different. I don't know how much of it is just aging, mm. um, but and just maturing, <laughs> or just changing as a person in general. Yeah, how much is it, of it is that? Mm. Um, but I think that I it's just made me realise that everybody should try and live amongst d- different people than what they grew up with yeah. in one way or another because you learn so much just from being in a different culture or in it just, you know, just a different li- life experience, you know. I agree. Yeah, um, I think you actually learn to appreciate what you what you have with your family too, right? Yeah. Because the things that you, you know, you could suddenly can't get access to, um, yeah, you're able to appreciate a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I fully encourage people to go and travel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially when you're younger, like just go and do it. Yeah. There's no, there's no reason not to. Mm. You know, just as long as you're, you know, you're safe and. Of course, yeah. Because like a lot of people go traveling alone, mm. and like that's kind of scary. I think. I think if you're going to do it, um, make sure that you've got like find an employer that will keep mm. you safe. Mm. Um, or you're going with a friend, or you're going with a partner, or someone that you can trust, you can rely on. Yeah. And you have, it will just open your horizons more than you can imagine if you've never travelled before. Yeah, but, li- but living too, like from visiting Japan hmm. just as a holiday, that changed my life. That yeah, changed big time. like everything. And I don't know if we've said this before, but the reason we came to Japan was like, I. I'd recent, I had recently discovered that there was a Tokyo Disney. And um, as a kid, I never went to Disneyland. So it was always something I just loved to do as an adult. Um, like I loved the movies and everything. And it was somewhere I always wanted to go. So when I heard there was a Tokyo Disneyland, I just became like obsessed with it and watched so many videos. And then I found out so much more about Japan as an actual place anyway. Um and realised how much of our pop culture comes from Japan, like growing up as kids, you know. That is unbelievable, isn't it? Mm. So many things you just don't take, uh, you take for granted. Yeah, so then I just had to be here and and um, I was speaking to a friend of mine and I said, I just want to, like, she's like, what do you want to do for your 25th birthday? I was like, I just want to be in Tokyo Disney. I just want to be there and that's what I want to do. Like, I, w- I, w- I want to be there. And she's like, well, why don't you go? And I was like, well, you know, it's far and it's probably really expensive. And, you know, I hadn't even looked. I hadn't, I hadn't even looked to see if it was feasible or if I could do it. And she was like, she said to me, if you are anywhere else in the world on your 25th birthday, other than Tokyo Disney Sea, Tokyo Disneyland, she said, then you won't be happy. So you have to do it. And suddenly I just, it just clicked in my head that that was what I wanted to do. So why wasn't I doing it? And um, when we looked at the costs and everything, it was, it worked out way cheaper than I thought it was going to be. Um, And it was worth every single penny because it changed our life. Like we came here and we were like, wow, like we'd never been to Asia, like anywhere in Asia. So it was just. No, never, never taken a flight that was up. Far long. that long, yeah, and it was, um, and it was, um, like 25 as well is, I guess, a bit older to travel, but 
like that. We'd been to other countries, but not that far or not that different. Yeah. Um, where the food is so different and even the the cutlery is different. You know, we had to learn to use chopsticks before we went. And <laughs> That's true. That seems so alien now, doesn't it? Because yeah. now it's just like you actively, you go to pick up chopsticks most of the time to eat certain food because it's just easier. Yeah, like, yeah, we'll do that, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was... It, that was what changed it for me. Mm. And then, obviously, we came to live here. So l- I would say that, like, living here is very, very different to that it, trip and that whole experience. Yeah. Um, even now, if we go to Tokyo for the weekend or something like that, um, that kind of brings back those original memories that we had. It's like a holiday. Yeah. But living here in the countryside is just a whole different experience. And I think that if you can... You should try and live somewhere, even if it's just for a few months, and try and experience a different culture. Yes, totally worth it. It really is. And um, it, it's funny to think that, that that bit of encouragement that you had from your friend, yeah, the the size of the event that that starts to set into motion, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, coming to Japan, it literally changed the course of our, our lives. Mm-hmm. And not only us... Like, obviously, all the people around us, too, you know, and all our mm. loved ones. And yep. um, one of my friends, too, she came over to see me and it changed her life, too. It's just really strange. Like, I can't really explain it, but she went back home and she changed everything. She changed her job. She realized what was missing in her life or what made her unhappy, you know, and she mm. she moved to a different place and she changed her job and she was like... When the world is like that and you can experience so many amazing things, like why would you be miserable for longer than you needed to be? Yeah. You know. Why would you just, subject yourself to it? Yeah, and she she saw how happy we were and how we just, she's like, if you can move to the other side of the, the world, she's like, well, I can move this far for a job or do, you know, and be happy. And, and she was scared to do it, but like coming here she came here alone as well like flew over on the plane and everything so you know it didn't just change our life we've like like it's sort of rippled out to the our people in our the people in our lives too it really has and in a funny way as well we've we've become closer with our family in certain respects Mm -hmm. not by distance obviously but we speak to them all the time don't we yeah you know and we've we now we've got like a a consistent like family chat that goes on every single day and yeah, that wasn't and, there before. And they yeah. all interact more with each other than they did before. And That's we send true. cards and letters. And, um, nice. Yeah. It's mm. it's more than just like being here. It's the sort of relationships that you end up improving to, which is funny. Uh, it, it, there's no doubt about it. It's a, it's a frightening experience. I've said to you many times before, I remember getting into this house. And it was the first time I'd been like alone, really. Yeah. And after our wedding and everything. After and the wedding and I've, my brain is just like... Meeting so many Just people. starting to stop worrying. Yeah. And I sit down and I'm like, what the hell have I done? Yeah. It really was frightening. I, th- I thought I'd made a terrible mistake. Mm. Um, but it makes more sense why people say that when you're scared of something, you've got to... M- move towards it and move through it because yeah. actually what's on the other side is is brilliant yeah you know 
But even if it wasn't, you still tried or you still had the experience, you know. You get even something out of it, Even if you didn't like you? it, yeah. yeah. You, have to, you have to put in what you, you get. You, what is it? The you same? Get in, you get you out get what out you put in. Put in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think oh, it makes you more resilient that. too, you know. Mm. Being in this country as well where everything is so... The conditions are harsh, I would mm. say, compared to what we were used to, you know. Used to, like, central heating and double glazing and stuff. Now we live in a cardboard box. But it's wonderful. <laughs> and you appreciate those things more, you know. I love it, yeah. I love this little home. Yeah. It's very simple. We live much simple, simpler here and it's um. We were talking nice. the other day about how you... Um, you realise that when you're sort of restricted to fewer things mm. around you, you realise how little you need yeah it's strange yeah you know all those thousands of things and gadgets and whatnot that you have they really become irrelevant yeah when you're in a position where you don't need them anymore mm-hmm. um so much so that i recommend when we go back we'll end up you know we'll, we'll be throwing things away get rid of stuff selling stuff because we'll want a more like uh minimal yeah lifestyle mm-hmm. i reckon and the things you keep are like your memories and your mementos that you've bought from or received from abroad. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. You're right. Anyway, yeah, I thought I would just cover that <laughs> since it's been three years. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's gone very fast, um, but I don't regret it for one second and I've enjoyed every single second of being here. Yeah, me too. I'm glad yeah. that we... Um, I kind of wish we'd started the podcast when you initially suggested, but I'm glad that we've at least started it yeah, a year ago. So we've got yeah. another year to document it. That's true. Which is very exciting. Um, so, Jody spoke briefly last week about um, talking about myths, common myths that we readily believe to be true. Was that last week? I don't remember. I think it was last week you mentioned it. <laughs> so I thought I'd find some and see what you think, Jody. Okay. See if you first of all see if you believe them, and then we'll dive into it. Okay. So when you think of a bull, a bull, yeah, a bull. Mm. What do you think of immediately? What's your, like... A bull is a male cow. Yes. Um, I think... Well, you think that they have horns, don't you? But not all bulls... Or not all male cows have horns, do they? Can you think of a myth that's related to a bull? That it doesn't like the colour red. Okay. So bulls get angry when they see the colour red. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you believe? I did believe it, yeah, because I used to watch this um, this Disney, I think it was like Fantasia or something like that. Oh, yeah? Do you remember? I you <laughs> the Matador and the, <laughs> and the ball. Um, yeah, I used to watch that. And they, didn't they, they were like friends in the end, weren't they? They were like... They became friends, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Um, so, yeah, I did, I did believe it. But I do remember reading that it was something to do with the movement not the colour. Is that right? Okay. So you've got, you got it bang on. <laughs> yeah. So the, the myth is that the bright colour incites them into these, like, angry rages and then they charge at the matador. But actually, like you said, it's the movement of the cape that infuriates them. How strange. And they see it as, like, a like a threat or a predator and so they go horns first and charge at it. Wow. So nothing to do with, with the colour of red. It looks um, very nice, though. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's visually as an audience member, mm. I imagine, red is the most, like, vibrant. Are they, 
do cow do balls see in black and white? Um, I don't think so. I because think they have red, a certain amount of colour. Red comes very dark on camera, I think. Right. Oh, really? When it's black and white, yeah. Mm. Pretty sure it's red or green. Red or green, because when um, the movie stars, they they would have their, like, makeup done, mm. they would have to do, like, what they would call it, like, black, I guess, black and white makeup, or, okay. like, um, because... They would use, say, like green lipstick to make it look like red. Ah, because of the way it sh- would show up. The, yeah, on black and white camera, and the way they would, because um, obviously if you put blusher on, like red blusher, they're not going to see it, are they? No. So they'd have to put like a different color or something to make it. I think it's green. I'm pretty sure it's green. That's very interesting. That would explain a lot of black and white pictures I've seen of actors and stuff where they look a little bit strange. There's there's something a bit off. Do you think? In the colouring of the makeup that they have. And that might explain why. Is um, there any, like, the actual colour would not show up properly? Let me see if I can find a photo for you. Um, black I've got a feeling, you know, that this use of red makeup. for uh, bullfighting, there's some kind... I think the, the, the icon of the matador, I think, has got this very romanticised thing about him. And so red is probably some kind of colour of passion. And uh, I reckon that's maybe why they use red to use as their cape. Yeah, it could be. Um, so do you see anything about the makeup? Um, just having a look. So lips, eyebrows and eyelashes are blue-black. Blue-black, okay. Um, like so, this. It exactly. was like this. Really so you, strange, yeah. I've seen pictures like that before, and I could never understand why they look like Halloween characters. Yeah, so when when they're on TV, it's like the colours just appear different. Mm. Um, That's very interesting. Yeah, so... So there you go. So they had a green on, a greenish tinge to their makeup. Red or scarlet? Oh, yellow. yellow. They'd put yellow on the lips to make it look red on camera. Oh, yellow? Yeah. <laughs> Because if they did red, it would it would show lighter in black and white. So mm. they did yellow, so it would show darker. Okay. Um, and <coughs> I think they'd put, like, blue to do the contour. So the, uh, so the, um, <laughs> the actors would have, like, blue lines on their face. But obviously on camera, it just looked fine, you know. So in reality, they would like have been like a big uh, circus act. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, next one. We only use 10% of our brains. Mm. True or false? I don't know how that could be possible, to be honest, but I think that we don't, we don't, we don't always use the full potential. No, I, I think that's probably true. Okay. Like, you can always learn more, can't you? It's false. Bum, bum, bum. So apparently we use virtually every part of the brain. Um, and most of the brain is active almost all of the time. Really? Yeah. I think where this comes from is the idea that we have a huge capacity to learn. And, um, you know, we, f- we can fill our brains with very complex ideas and thoughts. And so the idea that, yeah, maybe some people only have what you might class as 10% of intelligence or do you know what I mean yeah I think that's maybe where it potential. comes from yeah potential exactly like we could be rocket scientists if we wanted we to could, but, but we, we did we didn't learn that. exactly 
but we've we got the brain too. We have the ability, we, but we Maybe. haven't put it into practice. Well, yeah, potentially. <laughs> Did you ever hear that George Washington had wooden teeth? Yes. Huh? Did true or false? True, I think. False. <laughs> <laughs> His dentures were composed of ivory, gold, and lead. Wow. And even other human teeth. But never wood. Um, Why did they say that then? Did they look wooden? So this common myth is the result of the ivory becoming stained over time, giving the fake teeth the appearance of wood. That's oh. just the staining of, from t- um, food. Oh, okay. But well, no, there you go. No wooden teeth for old George. Yeah, I remember that and think, thinking that was strange. But Okay, let's get to the next one. This is interesting. I wonder if you thought this was wrong. You'll get cramps if you go swimming right after you eat. Yes. You thought that's true? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this says that it's a commonly held belief that just isn't true, no matter how many times your parents said it was. No way. So it says, yes, the body requires extra blood in order to digest, but not nearly enough to prevent the muscles in your arms and legs from working as they should. But how about, will you be sick, though? Because that was something else, like if you ate... That I think that's true. If you eat too much and then you go and... Um, swim you know you can make yourself sick but interesting right yeah 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 uh, let's have a look at the next one. Oh, I did speak about this last week actually or the week before I forget now that uh, dogs only seen in black and white yeah that you did mention that not true so they don't see all the colours that we see but they can distinguish between colours but their colour spectrum is not as um, advanced. I see. I wonder why. I don't know, really. I mean, they've. I think their senses of smell and hearing are more acute than ours are. Mm. So they don't need to rely on as many colours as, as we have. It makes me wonder, you know, whether as we've evolved, have we developed the ability to see more colours? Like we didn't when we were young. No, I don't mean when we were young. I mean when we are, um, when we were more primitive, like in the very early stages of. I don't know. How would we know that? I don't know. I just it just makes me wonder. I Do, mean, does our eyesight, as we evolve, does our eyesight get more precise? Did our brains evolve? Yeah. And maybe. Interesting. Do you think that adding salt to water makes it boil faster? never heard that before i don't think it makes it boil faster but it does something because you have to salt the water before you put like spaghetti in it and stuff like that see that's funny because i thought that too i've heard all sorts of things about putting salt in water before you put eggs in to boil and you once told me about vinegar i think it was or i think that's to see if the egg is out of date vinegar yeah what what happens? It blow up. Or, or no, it stops it breaking. It stops the egg cracking when oh. you put it in the water. I wonder if that's true. It's just well, another myth. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the salt thing. Um, actually, when I was watching Luca, which is the new Disney film that's set in Italy, hmm. um, I was watching the like behind the scenes of that, and one of the women said on there like their biggest. Um, pet peeve is or someone said it I don't know who said it is when there's not enough salt in the pasta water uh, I think it might have even been the director that said it 
when there's not enough salt in the pasta water. Yeah, like you, they don't salt the pasta water enough. That's interesting. You mean, you, I guess, and then you can't taste it in the pasta. I don't know. I don't know why that annoyed him. Maybe maybe, maybe because it does go into the pasta, so... Maybe it affects the way that the, um, you know, like the bite of a pasta, because I, I think Italians are very particular about the... Al dente. The al dente-ness <laughs> of the pasta and spaghetti. Yeah. Which, by the way, I totally appreciate. Mm. I like chewy pasta. Not chewy pasta, just I like it to have a bit of spring. A bit of a bite, yeah. yeah. Cause it, well, that's how it's supposed to be, isn't it? That's how, that's how God intended it. <laughs> <laughs> when Italians made it. Um, oh, this is a good one. How many years do you think it takes for gum to digest in your body? You said this body? already. Have I? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Let's just reconfirm it. <laughs> do you remember what I said? You said it goes straight through like normal food. It does. Have you not got any myths about Japan? Because that's what I thought you were going to do. No, you can look at some myths of Japan. I'm if trying you like. to find some, but oh, maybe, um, maybe there are no myths about Japan. It's more about myths about traveling to Japan <laughs> that it's like expensive and that like if you don't speak the language, you can't get around and stuff like that. Well, let's look at that then because we can talk about that. We know from experience whether some of those are true. So, say for example, Jody, is it expensive? Or is it um, is is it out of uh, the sort of regular limits of travel? Is it out of many people's budget? Would you say? No, I don't think so. Um, in in regular, no. you know, in regular time, it's not cheap. Like it's not a cheap place. Like no, no, I mean the travel. Oh, the traveling. Like getting to and from. And travelling um, around Japan, you know. I think you can pay anywhere from like six hundred pounds to depend depends what time of year you come, like eight hundred pounds or like a thousand pounds for like one a direct, yeah. direct flight from the UK. Um but you can get cheaper flights than that, like for, for I've seen as low as four hundred or three hundred. You know when you think about it. Flights. Say those prices that you just said. Yeah. When you think how far you have to come, to taking the UK as an example, mm-hmm. that's not bad. When no, you consider no. how much I it can cost to get to places that are less than half the distance away. I think Australia is like double that from the UK. Obviously, it's a lot further, but, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, and then as for the trains, you if you're... If you're traveling and you come and you come on a 90-day visa, you can get the JR Rail Pass, which um, if you want to travel all around Japan, that's um, that's a decent price, isn't it? Providing that you you travel everywhere and you yeah. just keep moving on it using the bullet trains. If you if you go on like one or two bullet trains, then it's not going to be worth it. But no. if you yeah, if you use it, if you if you really want to see Japan and go like up really far up north and down south then yeah you're definitely, definitely worth it yeah. yeah on the trip that we came on i, I ended up working out and we we weren't doing enough traveling mm. um to, I think, for it to be worthwhile i think we just used the one shinkansen didn't we yeah just from Did tokyo to, to o- osaka. Um, osaka yeah yeah the um, one good thing though about the transport is very reliable Yes, it is, is very not, reliable. That is not a myth. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's very reliable. Um, Trains, anyway. I mean, taxis. The standard is are, nice. Taxis like, are a funny one in Japan. Very expensive. 
taxis, but they're very, everything's very clean and very, like, taken care of. So True. you don't feel like you're being ripped off, you know, if you mm. pay, you pay, you know, more for it, you feel... You feel like you're getting the, yeah. a good service for what you pay for. Yeah, that's exactly it. And the products here are really nice too. So even though you might pay what you would normally pay for something, it's going to be really nice quality. Um, like I do a lot of painting and all the art supplies here are just amazing. Yeah. Um, really, really nice quality. And obviously cheaper because they're made here um, than if I wanted to buy the same products back home. So it really does depend on what exactly you're buying. But I would say you end up spending a lot of money here, especially if you're a fan of Japan, because there is so many, like, I mean, if you're a fan of anything like anime or anything like that, they have so, so many things here. It will blow your mind. It, it really will. Like, yeah. if you're into that kind of thing, it's, it's, very the, overwhelming. it's the place to mm-hmm. be. I imagine. Yeah. I mean, we did, we don't, I don't really know any anime. So when we came here, I didn't know any of the characters, hardly any of the characters. Yeah. I mean, it's never really been my, my thing. It's, I would say things like uh, Pokemon have been very influential yeah. because when you were a kid, it was just everywhere, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, but I know more now, having lived here for a while. It's but, so um, funny too. Like, Every time we've been into the Pokemon store, obviously not recently, we haven't been for a long time, but mm. every time we had been in the past, that is where you will see the most foreigners. <laughs> it's full yeah, of people it's from other countries. absolutely full. I remember one time I counted and there was 30 foreigners in this tiny Pokemon <laughs> store. There was like more foreigners in there than Japanese people. Yeah. It really, that's where you see the impact of that kind of phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So popular, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so what you, about you're, what I wanted to say was that you will spend a lot of money if you're into those things oh, because yeah. they have just so many amazing things like that. But say, like, if you go to Tokyo Disney, the merchandise is very cheap compared to the other um, Disney parks. So very true, and and it's very very nice quality. So it depends what you're after. You know, I guess like electronics are they cheaper here? Maybe a little bit. I'm not sure. I, I I think that's a bit of a myth. I was always under that impression. Yeah. Actually, I don't think it's that true. No, no. You can find some good deals, but I think really in the kind of like global economy thing we have now, where things like Amazon is just so, do you know what I mean? You can just get things from every yeah. country to every country. I don't think it's so much the truth anymore. The one thing I would say, though, is that if you want to buy something secondhand, it's basically like buying it brand new. In yeah. Japan, because they have these secondhand stores, and everything gets taken care of before it gets put back on the shelf. So it's like it's brand new. And it they, really they take things apart and clean the pieces and put them back yeah. together and make sure they work. So their um, like grading system for mm. secondhand stuff is it's on another level. Yeah, they really do. Um, yeah, I, I feel that's quite fair. Mm. You get a good price and. It's basically no, yeah. That's true. So um, how about if someone was to come to Japan and they were under the impression of, oh, the food is just, I just don't know if I can cope with such a different kind of palate, you know, and a different kind of food. Like I'm, I'm not really into Japanese food. How do you think someone would cope? That's a little more difficult, I think. Um, I think in the bigger cities, obviously they have 
more options but they're not there isn't really like if you come up to the countryside you're going to struggle to find something like vegan or vegetarian or um it's there but it's very rare yeah and i like i'm sure you could ask like to have something changed um you know but even that's you, it's not a done thing no not really so not, usually no. they display the food they've got like little um model representations of the food in the window Replicas, various which they of, look exactly the same exactly so you, you can see what you're getting <laughs> yeah and if that's not what you want then don't order that because changing yeah. stuff becomes a problem yeah so i would say it can be difficult um but also the the food like say like sushi for example it's just rice and the fish hmm. there's nothing added into it that you you can like it's very fresh the food yeah. is very fresh and i think they take a lot of pride in that so you wouldn't have to worry too much about things being added into the food or like sauces and things like that um yeah you can eat the food that you eat like the fresh stuff is yeah. extremely fresh but if you come over here and you don't want to try ramen or sushi or any of those other dishes that they have in Japan, then you're basically going to be looking at McDonald's the entire time you're here or something like that because, um, you know, they, they're very proud of their food here and it is very, very good, but mm. it is a different taste that you have to get used to. Yeah, totally um, different. Totally different palate. I think even like the salt and sugar content is lower, so it's you know that's something that you have to get used to as well. True. Like things can taste very bland at first, but after a while, you you can really taste things much more. I don't know how else to explain it. Well, then you go back and you eat the things that you were used to having, and it mm. blows your head off. You're like, yeah. this is way too sweet. This is way too salty. Whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think it's perfectly possible to get by if you're not used to Japanese food, but you got to put some. You got to use willpower. Yes, if, if you absolutely. struggle with new food, you got to try. I, you really have because it's mm. not going to accommodate you very well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm think, trying to think of the first time we came to Japan, um, and we did try sushi and. I, I remember thinking like the pieces were so big and they ate them in one bite, yeah. which was something that I couldn't get used to, like not biting it in half because it was like large. But <laughs> but now I have I've gotten used to it. But um, we tried sushi and we were like, yeah, like it's it's okay. But we just couldn't get used to the fact that it was raw fish. Like it took us a while to get over that because we're just yeah we're just not used to eating raw raw meat like that's how it was in our head you know raw anything really it's just not a very um it's not a very british thing is it i think honestly um this is my understanding i could be completely wrong but i think things like sushi and more uh and ramen and tempura then in america i think they are much more readily available yeah Whereas in the UK, unless you go to somewhere like London or Manchester or you know the big, like big very big cities, your chances of finding the Japanese menu are very slim. Mm. I mean, how many did we see before we came? 
I think... Um, there was one place, I remember, and even that wasn't Japanese. It was yeah, a blend. Yeah, it was like a mix. Of Thai. Yeah, that's right. Maybe Korean and, and Japanese. Yeah. Um, um, and it, and they changed it too. Like, I remember we went to this one place. This was after we came back from Japan and we missed the food. And we went to this one place and they'd had like... Um, it was like teriyaki salmon or something. You uh, remember? Yeah, yeah. And I've never eaten that in Japan. No. Ever. No, like, it was like a fully cooked salmon with like teriyaki sauce or whatever on it yeah um and you get teriyaki chicken here but I'd, i've never i'd never had the salmon no, so no even though it tasted very nice i was like oh they've adapted this slightly so it suits yeah. the western palate well just in that same way the food that you get over here which we class as western mm. is always like i don't know the word is really japanified <laughs> yeah. yeah like if you have curry in japan um, unless you go to a specifically Indian restaurant, uh, in- Indian restaurant, mm-hmm. is that what I said? India, that's right. Um, then it's going to taste like Japanese curry. Yeah. Like it's it has a very specific taste. And Pro- yeah, probably not the taste you used to from no. a takeaway or a, a Indian restaurant. No, and it's nice. It's. But, like, when I taste it, I don't think of the curry that I've had back home or no. in an Indian restaurant. I think of, literally think of Japan. this is a Japanese curry. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so that's been altered as well slightly. And it is like that, isn't it? Lots of West, like pizza. Pizza here, they put mayonnaise on it. And sometimes they put everything on pizza. Shrimp no limits. and I think corn and mayonnaise is like a favorite pizza here. Yeah. Um, so like for us, unless we go to like a pizza hut here or somewhere like that, um, then the pizza that we have is going to have something like that on it. Like it's going to taste slightly different. Well, I mean, we very rarely eat it now yeah, for that yeah. reason, because it's, I don't really enjoy <laughs> most things. No, you don't. Is sweet corn, <laughs> pizza. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that y- there are places you can eat. But the further you get into the countrysides, um, the less the less of those places there are. That yeah. if if you don't like Japanese food, which honestly, how can you not? <laughs> yeah, you- I kind of get it. I'm I'm thinking because I keep thinking back to this one woman, and you know who it is Jack. Yes. When we were <laughs> we were on the way back from Japan the very first time. And this woman was screaming and sh- I'm not joking. She was screaming and shouting about how much of a terrible time she'd had in Japan and that all her friends said she would be able to eat in Japan and that she couldn't eat a thing and she hadn't eaten for two weeks. Um, and I don't know what her dietary restriction was or anything like that, but she was very, very upset about it. Mm-hmm. And um, But to the point where it was very rude and she was being quite rude to the the Japanese people which were being obviously overly nice as they usually do to help you so that's always in the back of my mind when people say like can would I be able to eat anything in Japan I always have this woman in the back of my mind who was very upset that she couldn't find anything to suit her dietary needs you Mm. know um I don't know what extent she went to to research that or anything but i would say like check before you come if you have a specific need um but yeah you've, you know. you've got you really have to be open 
to try and stuff. And if if you do, if there is something that you have an allergy to, or find out how to say that in Japanese before you come and mm. even have it written down or printed out and have it on a little card and try to like because if they know then they can they can help you with that. Yeah, that's right. Um and I I often if I go into restaurants, I often ask them what they recommend mm. because then they're gonna serve you if you if you're happy to try anything, they're going to serve you what they think you might like. You yeah, know? it's a so great way to um, to try new stuff. Often I ask them, you know, what do you recommend? Yeah. So the um, I think the the final point, which kind of ties into all that, really, is you might be concerned about the language barrier, and I would say in some situations, rightly so, because there are times when. It's very difficult to be able to try and get across what the problem is. There's mm. a caveat to that, though. The Japanese are extremely, on the whole, very willing to try and help you. Yeah. So even though there might be an extreme language barrier, mm-hmm. they will go further than, than most people will go out of their way to try and get you to where you need to be, helping yes. you find what you want to find, you know. I've had I've had someone walk me from the inside of the train station Mm. not his job walk me outside to the specific bus stop get on the bus tell the bus driver the actual building that i wanted to go to and he's told him like okay it's this stop and they've said to me okay this one they pointed it out they told me the number and they said the driver would tell me when we got there and when when we got there guess what he turned around and made sure i got off on that stop mm. and they they do they go above and beyond to help you so um so, just yeah. be polite and be calm and um you know they'll they'll try and help you the best they can Absolutely. and also just fy if you've not been to japan before there are signposts everywhere in english all over tokyo all mm. over the big cities yeah. even some of the further out ones you you get signposts but it's the very very like remote areas that you might not see any any english but even here we have like english signposts around i think more recently with the olympics yeah um they've they've sort of tried to cater more towards a uh, a foreign market mm-hmm. but yeah I, I hope that's dispelled some myths anyway about what you may think if you've never been or if you're interested in coming <laughs> sometime in the future but either way it's highly recommended it's a it's a beautiful country and don't be scared people. don't be scared yep <laughs> um jody do you have any revelatory statements this week oh i guess that <laughs> don't be scared don't be scared don't be afraid um embrace the fear yeah i think oh i just want to mention that one friend again because she was the one person that was like why are you going to live in japan and just did not understand it whatsoever and even now, to this day, she openly admits how she was like, I don't know why you would do that, you know. And then, and she was scared, really. She was nervous for me and she was nervous too because she thought, yeah, I'm going to have to go and visit her. And she did and she reluctantly did. And not because she doesn't like Japan, just because, you know, she, it's I don't, scary, I don't know. It? Yeah, it's New scary. Place. She's never been. On the side of the world. She's never been anywhere like this before. Um and she got here and it changed her whole life it changed the complete course of her life and and i speak to her all the time about it and she reminds me all the time how it was 
like the most life-changing experience for her mm-hmm. so you know you can be scared scared and be apprehensive but just go through with it and um you know see where it gets you yeah <laughs> you'll only be a better person because of it absolutely. Yeah. um well thank you once again for joining us for this uh episode of our weird life we release new podcasts every Sunday at 6pm Japan Standard Time. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Our Weird Life Pod. Um, become become a, member. a member of the Owl Commune Twitty. Yes. Yep, we hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you next week with a brand new podcast. Bye. Goodbye.